You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So, Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff. This is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil, and get ready for some glitz and glamour as we come to you live from the Triviality Ballroom in Chicago and abroad. This is our first Oscars-only bonus episode, and we have a large stable of competitors who I'm sure are dressed to the nines, ready to go, and we'll get to them in just one moment. But we have a very special guest host, one of my favorite people and one of the best trivia writers in the world, my friend Ryan Myers. How are you today? Hi, I am doing really well, Neil. Thanks for having me. It's been a minute since I've got to do any of this with you. I know. I'm super excited to have you back. Uh, I even uh, wore my best Tim Ford suit. Uh, I can only afford off the rack or out of a trunk, so that's what I'm wearing today. Um, but it's so nice to have you here. What, is, what has been going on in your life? And uh, how about you tell me a little bit about your Oscars love, because I know we both share an affinity for the Academy Awards. Yeah, as for life, everything's pretty much the same as it was before, still at the art museum and really enjoying that. Um, as for my relationship with the Oscars, I think I first started watching religiously in 2005, um, in, in which I was all of 14 and like super excited for Crash because I didn't know any better because I was a dumb teenager. Um, I know. And I'm like, and I, I, I didn't realize my own sexuality at the time, too. And so Brokeback Mountain losing wouldn't affect me till years later is hilarious. Um, as far as like favorite Oscar moments, um, I mean, I hate to be recent about it, but uh, Parasite winning Best Picture floored me. I never in my lifetime expected a foreign production to take home the most American award. Like we've given it to the Brits, but like they speak English. So, uh, but that that floored me, and I'm so very happy with that. I was too. What a, what a great moment uh, for the cast and crew of that film. Uh, and speaking of Crash, now I'm guessing you're leaning more towards Cronenberg's Crash, maybe? It's the uh, the best film called Crash that I've seen, at least. <laughs> I agree. Uh, well, thank you very much for being here. Ryan wrote all of the questions for all three episodes that we're going to be doing, uh, and he's going to be hosting. So I'm just here uh, as color commentary and to uh, fill his seat if he has to use the washroom. So uh, thank you, Ryan, for being here. <laughs> Your um, official seat filler. Exactly. Uh, We have three very special competitors today. Our first competitor uh, is coming to us from Ohio. You may have heard him on episode 176, and that is Ryan Miltner. How's it going, Ryan? I'm doing well. Thank you so much. 
And uh, why don't you tell the listeners uh, who maybe aren't familiar with you a little bit about yourself and uh, some of your Oscars history. Sure. Uh, my name is Ryan Miltner. Um, I live in Ohio, rural Ohio at that. Got two great kids. Uh, my wife is fantastic, too. And my dog sometimes is better than all of them, but we'll keep that among us. Um, my Oscars, I've thought about this, Neil, because I, I knew we were doing this. I knew you were going to ask an opening question. And my, my first Oscars memory, I was really young, um, six years old, and uh, it was 82, uh, 82 films, 83 Oscars. And I think every kid wanted E.T. to win. And then Gandhi won. And, um, you know, I, I'm sure Gandhi's a fine man. I think the movie's pretty good, too. But that was really disheartening. And and. What I've what I've kind of um, followed since uh, is just how many great movies that get nominated don't win Best Picture. Um, so that's what's what I what I love about the Oscars, uh, along with the show itself and everything else, is just seeing all the great uh, actors and actresses and films that don't take home the statue. That's a great way to put it. Uh, there are many films that don't get nominated, uh, and a lot of them in different award shows, like the Independent Spirit Awards, BAFTAs, uh, SAG Awards, all that. Good stuff. Um, and at the very least, the Oscars uh, give everyone just a, a window into the types of movies that can be made, uh, even though they don't cover all the bases. So They really do uh, try their best. They try. They have decent intentions. Yeah, at least they're not the Hollywood Foreign Press Association uh, and the way the that they, uh, they put on awards. different movies. Yes. Hashtag topical. <laughs> there you go. I, I got to make some some of it topical. Uh, well, uh, actually, that voice that's a that's a great segue. Thank you, Amanda. That voice is of Amanda Czar, who's coming to us from California, and she was just on episode one ninety eight, uh, making us want to rewatch Quantum Leap. Uh, so, thank you for joining us, Amanda. Hi. Um. Actually, this is an episode of Quantum Leap. Sam is in my body right now and is hoping to look in a mirror in the near future. All right. We'll make sure that Ziggy is put away and not used for the game. Uh, why don't you tell oh, people a little bit about sugar. yourself? Uh, I'm Amanda. I live in Long Beach, California. I'm a professor and I have had a long obsession with the Oscars. Um, we lived near a blockbuster video when I was growing up and they always had a poster that was like an official blockbuster poster that had all of the uh, poster art for each of the best pictures. And so that they would always take it down every year for the next one to make it accurate. Of course, keep it up to date. And one year, my mom asked if she could buy it. And so we had it in our basement. My sister and I would like sit there for hours and game. And then we just found over time with our young, mushy brains that we had memorized most of them. And then we finally made a goal to see most of them. And then that just led us on a long trek of a love for the awards and all of you know, the trivia that comes with it. Um, I would say my favorite Oscar moment that I remember was when Kim Basinger won for Best Supporting Actress and she was at the time married to Alec Baldwin and he lost it. She just is like shocked in her seat and he gets up and he is like, like, I just, I don't know. I mean, we all know that things didn't end well between them, but I, it, that is what I hope for someday. That is my definition of love is somebody being that excited and I not being able to handle the moment and being able to help me up from my seat. Second though, is Chris Evans um, helping Regina King to uh, the stage and uh, Ryan, I will fight you for Chris Evans. Kate, thanks. Oh, that's going to be a fight. 
but you can beat me. Just uh, <laughs> I'm not a fighter, unfortunately. He can beat us both, and we'll just. I'd say we'll thank you. He could run me over with a snowplow, and I'd be happy. <laughs> I remember when uh, Kim Basinger won, and uh, I was also shocked because I guess I was a little bit younger, not too young, but I actually wanted uh, Ellie Confidential to win over Titanic. But uh, that was one anybody of years. with taste does. Oh, thank you, Ryan. Ooh, okay, knives <laughs> out. That was a pun. Actually, uh, to so, be fair, the best movie that year was The Sweet Hereafter. But ooh, great take there. Um, well, uh, the winner of this tournament is going to get Chris Evans, so that's going well for you there, Amanda. So good luck. <sighs> Thank you so much. Not Thank you. not guaranteeing it is the Chris Evans who portrayed Captain America, but it will be someone named Chris Evans. So oh, dang it. Uh, and our, our final competitor uh, today, uh, you may recognize him from episode 166, coming to us from Toronto. It is Sean Bernstein. How are you doing, Sean? I'm great, Neil. I'm just starstruck by seeing Ryan Myers in the same room. So this is my Oscar moment. You oh, trivia, royalty. Too much of a liar. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, note to the Academy, make sure to take this footage and this audio and put it in the archives in the, the new museum so that we can we can always cherish it forever. Uh, Sean, a little bit about yourself and maybe some of your Oscar memories. Sure. Uh, I My name is Sean Bernstein. I am a writer and recovering attorney, I suppose, is probably the best way to put it. Uh, I'm in Oshawa, which is about an hour outside of Toronto. Uh, my wife and I were on an episode before and had a blast, so this is really exciting to be back. Uh, and my favorite Oscar story, I think I was you know mentioning earlier, I have a great aunt who in the 60s lived in London, which was the time to be in London in the 60s. She worked at some posh hair salon and met everybody the Beatles used to come in and you know the whole muck and she had some great stories about it and there was an actress a, a famous British actress at the time who came in and she was complaining one day that she was making just this dreadful film and I I don't want to tell tales out of school because it's been a while since I've heard the story but it was just awful and she said this is just garbage no one's gonna watch it the movie was Oliver so I agree with her assessment and it won best picture I don't know what a great That's story very funny uh, I'm sure she had the same um, the same feelings that I did when I played uh, in the pit for Oliver. And I know Amanda says that I always have a, a joke about playing in a pit. So I had to do it at least once when she was here. So <laughs> Success. I'm, I'm out. Good. Well, the, your bingo card is, is full. Um, well, thank you all for being here uh, and for uh, being a part of this tournament. Um, I guess just very quickly, my uh, Oscars background, um, I get my love of movies from my mom. Ever since I was a little kid, the Oscars were our Super Bowl. So we had a little party and cookies and uh, the dogs who were alive at the time, we were, they were dressed up in uh, their best outfits. So um, yeah, very special night, uh, something to... Um, uh, to watch with the family and uh, yeah, sit around the TV and and you know play the uh, the bracket game. So uh, yeah, that's my story. Uh, but Ryan, you are hosting this tournament, so I'm actually just going to throw to you. Our order uh, is going to be Ryan, Sean, Amanda, and uh, yeah, uh, highest score getter out of 15 questions. And I know Ryan will have just an extra rule or two he can tell you uh, in one moment. Um, so I just want to preface this by saying that all the years, when I refer to a year, it is going to be the year the film was released slash the year um, in discussion when you use. Uh, so if I refer to the uh, 2020 Academy Awards, I'm talking about the ones that are happening, you know, this coming Sunday, not the ones that happened last year where Parasite won. And I will fight that that should always be the case. It is about the years of the films in discussion and not the year of the ceremony for all you nascent trivia writers out there. So 
Let's start off with one that doesn't even have a year in the question. Number one, for the first Academy Awards, what legendary film star allegedly won the first ever Best Actor statuette, but had the votes recast because of his selection? Ampus, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, wanted a human winner to look more serious, as author Susan Orlean found in her research. Already, it sounds like we have three locks, so we'll start with Ryan. Okay, I... I've never heard this story. Um, this is new to me. So I'm I'm thinking, okay, um, non-human uh, of that era. I'm going to go with Rin Tin Tin. And Sean? So I was thinking about Rin Tin Tin or Lassie, but, and then I realized Steamboat Willie came out in 28. So I'm going to go Mickey Mouse. And Amanda? I also said Rin Tin Tin. The correct answer to this question is Rin Tin Tin. Steamboat Willie's a great guest, though. Mickey Mouse is a really good guest. question. Sure. Well, thank you. I hope this question is just as great. Um, Question number two. Speaking of Susan Orlean, author Susan Orlean was played by Meryl Streep in one of her 21 Oscar nominations and one of only four for supporting actress. For what film was she nominated playing this real-life person? I have a thought, but I don't know. So, Ryan, if you want... I'll, I'll... I'll lock in, and Ryan, you can chat it out. Okay, Ryan, you can discuss. Or yeah, there's um, there, there's not much for me to discuss on this one. I am drawing a complete complete blank. I can't even come up with something clever, so I'm just gonna tap. All right, tap. Um, Sean, what do you? What's your thought? So I'm trying to. She played fairly large names, and then there was was it Music of the Heart in the late '90s, where she was playing a teacher. I want to say it was Music of the Heart, and I could be just totally botching the title. But that's what I'm locking with, and I and might I be getting my clock clean. Music of the Heart, which, remember, was directed by Wes Craven. And Amanda? I believe this is Postcards from the Edge. The correct answer here is Adaptation. Ah, yes. Ah, she was playing fake adaptation. Carrie Fisher in Postcards from the Edge. That's right. Well, two writers, two fabulous female writers. Mm-hmm. Dang it. Okay. But yeah, I did see the shock on your face when uh, uh, Music of the Heart, it is directed by Wes Craven. Yeah. Well, it scared the hell out of me. So, well, and <laughs> what, I, I think that movie was 1999, and that's the same year that David Lynch directed The Straight Story, which is also very unlynchy. 1999 was a creepy year, I guess. Um, all right, Richard let's move to question number three. What genteel. British former Best Actor winner used the word shortcomings to a round of laughter to describe Robert Opal, the streaker that ran behind him at the 1973 ceremony. Locked in. I was hoping to be 2021's Robert Opal, but uh, they wouldn't let me in. Alrighty, Ryan, you can uh, think out loud as long as it's not like the Ed Sheeran song. Yeah, I won't do that to you. Um, so there's a great story about the whole streaker thing that it was it was actually staged that I, I just read in the past few weeks. Um, and darn if I can remember the, that bit, but I can't remember the name. Um, yeah, this is not right, but I'm going to go Peter O'Toole. Peter O'Toole. Over to Sean. Peter O'Toole and a streaker. There's some good puns there, but I'll leave those alone because it's a family <laughs> show. Uh, and I'm going to go David Niven. David and, Niven. Yeah, and over to Amanda. I was impressed to learn that it was. Yay, I'm so glad you said that. It came to me. I remember his little mustache. So David Niven. Winner for 1958's Separate Tables, which is the shortest best actor performance. David Niven is correct. Ah. 
The original nice. James Bond. What? In uh, Casino Royale. Mm-hmm. Casino Royale, yes. That's a stacked cast. Oh gosh, that's a which, uh, also worth noting that uh, the staple song, The Look of Love, was originally made for that movie. And lost the best original song Oscar. I think if that was 67, it would have been to talk to the animals from Dr. Doolittle, which is a travesty because that movie sucks. And it was it bought all its nominations. Another story for another time. Question number four. Starting with last year's ceremony, what is the forward name of the category that was formerly known as best foreign language film? I'll lock in. All right, Sean, you get to think aloud. I know that I thought they had changed it to best because they had an issue with non-American or British countries producing English language film. I thought they had changed it to foreign language. Oh, so the, the former name of best foreign language film? It was formerly called Best Foreign Language Film. And now you have the new name. Its name. You know, I don't think I have it. And I, I know the story, but I don't think I have it. I've got to tap out. Sorry. All right, we're tapping. Uh, Ryan. Okay, so I believe, I, I, I'm pretty sure, uh, Best International Feature Film. And Amanda? Nice. Um, I've just put Best Foreign Produced Film. Someone will be getting points here. The answer is Best International Feature Film. Nice job, Ryan. Awesome. Well done, Ryan. Thank you. And uh, uh, Sean's exactly right, because uh, that that year, uh, films like The Farewell were done predominantly in Mandarin, but produced in the U.S. Um, and so, same with uh, uh, you know Minari this year, for example. Uh, all right, we're moving to question numero cinco. What two-word phrase appears in the title of the Bosnian nominee for Best International Feature Film this year. A film whose full title is this phrase was nominated for eight Oscars in 1951, winning none of them, including both supporting actor nominations it had for Leo Gen and Peter Ustinov. Or Ustinov. Amanda, it's your first time to think aloud, if you like. And it's going to be quite embarrassing I, I will definitely say when it comes to Oscar trivia, some things I just really know. And then I have a lot of just black holes. And this, like foreign language films, is something I need to work on. Um, I'm sorry, not foreign language films. <laughs> International. <laughs> now I don't even have the title right. Um, <laughs> I'm so behind. I don't even know the category. Eight Oscars in 1951. And it's a two-word phrase trying to think of just even like a two-word phrase because there's films like French Connection, but that's not like a two-word phrase. 51 is way too early for that. Um, Let's just... uh, I always don't want to tap. I always am like, just say something. So I'll say um, my way, which, sure. Honestly, not a bad guess. Um, Ryan, your guess. Yeah, I'm in in a very similar position uh, to Amanda. I I don't want to... Just leave a zero here. Um, I think around that time, fifty-two. I think High Noon came out. I, I don't can't imagine. I don't think. Pretty sure Peter Ustinov was not in High Noon, but that's that's my answer. High Noon. And Sean. So it took me a minute of really kind of digging around, uh, and then I think it's Quo Vadis, and I'm probably butchering the pronunciation. But the correct answer I is Quo Vadis. Well done, Sean. Uh, Quo Vadis Aida is the name of the Bosnian film. Uh, 
it is, I think, available for, uh, if you have a Hulu subscription. Um, and Quo Vadis was the big Roman epic of 1951. Uh, uh, Peter Ustinov, I think, won the Golden Globe for playing Nero. Um, and Leo Gen played uh, Petronius, who is like a trusted advisor to, I want to say it was Robert Taylor's character. Deborah Carr was also in it. Uh, but Quo Vadis, well done. Nice pull, Sean. Uh, Neil, we are one third through our match. Do you have a score update for us? I do. And in true uh, trivia coming down to the wire fashion, uh, it is tied at two each for all competitors. Well done. This is exciting. Are you not entertained? <laughs> oh, Oscar quote. Look at you. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline hey there i'm dylan lewis one of the hosts of motley fool money each weekday on motley fool money we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on wall street on weekends we dive into the industry shaping tomorrow and host the experts authors and executives that understand them tune in for insights a long-term perspective on investing and of course stock ideas plenty of them to quote a listener it pays to listen check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts um, okay, let's uh, go into question number six. Uh, speaking of Peter Ustinov, including television films, he played Agatha Christie's Belgian detective Hercule Poirot six times. But who's the only person to get a nomination for playing this character? I'll lock in with something wrong again, just to say something. <laughs> uh, Ryan, uh, who is this uh, actor? I, I Agatha Christie is, is a, a writer... Um, who who's never terribly appealed to me. Um, I'm I'm looking for something British. Um, um, yeah, I, Sean Connery. That's that's what it is. It's Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Fact. Over to Sean, the contestant. There we go. Nothing like Sean Connery. I wish. Uh, I was debating between uh, Albert Finney and Kenneth Branagh. But I don't think the Branagh one was very good. I didn't see, I haven't seen either, I'll be honest. Uh, but I think it was probably Finney. So I'm going to put my weight behind Finney. A guess of Albert Finney and over to Amanda. Yeah, I just said Kenneth Branagh because I know he played him. I know he didn't win for it. But now I want to see a mustache on Albert Finney if that's the case. 1974's Murder on the Orient Express got a nomination for Albert Finney. Yep. Sydney Lumet well film and... Um... Speaking of a mustache, which is a fun segue, um, Agatha Christie liked the film because a lot of her adaptations she didn't like. But the only reservation she had about the film is she said uh, Poirot is supposed to have uh, the most fantastic mustache in the world. And she did not like Albert Finney's mustache and said it was a pity. So uh, the 74 version also stars Sean Connery. So we we got the trifecta of Poirot. You did. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> um, all right. Let's move on to number seven. In which artistic movement and style was the Oscar statuette created and modeled? Sean? I suppose I'll lock in. I, I, I'm not going to tap. I'll put a guess in. But yeah, call sure. this a lock in. Um, Ryan? 
Your guess? Yeah, so uh, I'm pretty sure this is Art Deco. And Sean? I was actually thinking Art Deco fits the time period, so I'll take my risk. And Amanda? Yeah, that's three. Art Deco. If it's nice and symmetrical, it is Art Deco. Well done. Uh, Scooting into number eight. What official Los Angeles historic cultural monument was home to the ceremonies where Casablanca, Going My Way, and The Lost Weekend took home Best Picture? Um, historical cultural monument were home to ceremonies where Casablanca. Okay. I had only thought that I knew it was at the Roosevelt and the Biltmore and then the Kodak. So there's clearly a place I'm missing that I would consider a Los Angeles historical monument, historical monument. I mean, I, I just, ugh. I'll just I'll I'll have to I'll just go with the Kodak. It's it's just what I got. All right, guess of the Kodak over to Ryan. So I I'm playing with dates in my head and uh I've got a general idea on on those films. Um I, I think there was a period, it wasn't very long when they actually did it at Grauman's Chinese Theater. So that's that's my answer. And Sean? I yeah, I was thinking about maybe the Hollywood Bowl, but I actually recall footage of seeing it at Grauman's, and that could just be the Mandela effect. But I'm going to go with Grauman's Chinese Theater. The correct answer is Grauman's Chinese Theater. I work across the street from Grauman's Chinese oh, Theater. Oh my god! <laughs> I lose this whole game. Goodbye. <laughs> it was lovely having you. <laughs> I read oh. a uh, fascinating article about uh, Casablanca that I thought was so fascinating. Uh, and it was something about how people don't realize with that specific film, um, sort of the impact and, and the time period that it was made. Um, Casablanca taking place during World War II, released during World War II, would be like Titanic being filmed while the ship was sinking, which I thought was so fascinating. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, hasn't really been done, you know, like that too much. All right. Um, we are over to question nine. From 1934 to 1960, people like Claude Jarman Jr., Deanna Durbin, and Peggy Ann Garner won what since-discontinued award? And I will say, I'll be kind of liberal with this one, but there is one word in particular I am looking for on the nose. I need that word. I'm going to lock in. Okay, so, um, boy, those names don't mean much to me. Um I believe that there, I'm pretty sure that there was a designated, like a uh, children's or young actors award. Um, I know Shirley Temple won it, but I forget if that was an honorary or if it was an actual award, but uh, I'm going to go with best child actor. And Sean? So Ryan, I think you're in the right category, but the word I think that other Ryan is looking for is juvenile. I think it was either best juvenile actor or best juvenile winner, but I believe juvenile is the the key word here. And Amanda, yeah, best juvenile performance or actor, yeah. It was the Academy Juvenile Award, which was the word I was looking for. Um, and yeah, Shirley Temple won the first one. Uh, Judy Garland won one for I think it was The Wizard of Oz. Uh, they probably gave one to Mickey Rooney at some time. Um, Claude Jarman Jr. was a little kid in The Yearling, I think. Yes. Um, Deanna Durbin was mostly popular for singing. She was in like a, a, a 1000 men and a girl. And then Peggy Ann Garner was the young girl from a tree grows in Brooklyn. Uh, moving on question number 10, 
After having lost five consecutive cinematography nominations, who won three in a row from 2013 to 15 while working with directors from his home country? I'll I'll lock in. I'll I'll lock in for kicks. Yeah, uh, cinematographers are another blind spot for me. I'm I I, I can't even. Uh, I'm not going to disparage the winners and those with with the ability with a with a lousy guess. So I'll tap here. A tap over to Sean. Cinematographers are where I turn to Neil Fisher and bow because that's your world and not mine. So I'm, I'm more on Ryan's page. I want to say Janusz is it Kaminski is kind of the only name out of this that I remotely recognize. I feel like he's cinematography. I'm going to go with Janusz, but that could be a crazy Janusz guess. Janusz Kaminski is a cinematographer and Amanda. I was going to go with Lubinsky. I think that's how you say it, but I can't even take a stab at the first name. Lubinsky? How, can you name a movie that yeah, name, uh, name a movie a cinematographer? Or uh, Gravity. Okay. Emmanuel Lubezki. 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 Yeah, but we'll give, you, we'll give you the point. You, you knew what you were talking about. Sorry. Um, no, I clearly didn't. <laughs> Gravity, Birdman, and uh, the other one. It's escape uh, the Revenant. The Revenant, yeah. Sorry, yeah. the movie he is also so was the DP for the Birdcage as well. <laughs> that's right. Really? Yeah. Uh, the yeah, one I remember him Chivo. for. Oh, that's right. I remember him. He did the cinematography for um, a Little Princess, which Alfonso Cuarón directed. But yeah, Lubezki is a Mexican yeah. cinematographer. He's uh, works closely with Alfonso Cuarón, uh, Alejandro González Iñárritu, and I don't know about Guillermo del Toro. I don't think he did the cinematography for Shape of Water. So, All right. After 10 questions, it looks like Ryan has a score of four. Right in front of him is Amanda with a score of five. And currently in the lead, Sean with seven. Ooh. All right. Last five. And remember, second place could get you into the finals. Number 11. The 2007 nominees for Best Makeup and Hairstyling were Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. And the winner, La Vian Rose. And what other film whose makeup was done by the legendary Rick Baker? This film was nominated for eight Razzies, and one performer won three Worst Acting Awards for it. Rick Baker did the uh, practical effects for An American Werewolf in London, if you need any bonus trivia. I'm sorry, do you mind? I just want to clarify. Are we looking for the film in which... Correct. Some of the acting performances were nominated for Razzies, yes. but he so won the, the Oscar. The so Rick Baker was nominated for this film. This film that got a makeup and hair selling nominee was also nominated for eight Razzies that year, and one person from that other film won three worst acting Razzies for that film. I'm going to lock in with a terrible guess. Sean is locked in with what he says is a terrible guess. I, I'll lock in. All right, Ryan, you get to think aloud if you like. I get to think aloud. Um, there's a lot of lot of thinking going on. So I, I'm I'm recalling a movie. I think with Eddie Murphy, and I think he played many members, or probably three, of his family. And I can't place the year. I could be a decade off. Uh, worse, worse yet, I can't think of the film's name. I want to say it's like uh, Meet the Crumps. That that doesn't 
feel entirely correct, but I'm, that's my answer. Meet the crumps. Meet the crumps. Over to Sean. So I was trying to think of who has that kind of range to play three characters that badly. Uh, I know Rick Baker is usually sci-fi and sort of, you know, uh, that genre, and he does amazing work. But I was thinking about Eddie Murphy because I was trying to roll out Sandler. And I think it might be Norbit. So I'm going to go in with Norbit. And Amanda. I also said Norbit. And if this is right, I'm going to lose it. The correct answer is Academy Award-nominated film Norbit. <laughs> well done. He, uh, he played a, a meek little guy with an afro and big like grandpa glasses. He played his very obese, domineering wife, Rasputia. And I think he also played an Asian guy for some worst supporting male performance. So, you know, 2007, great year. Academy Award nominee, uh, Norbit. I mean... I- that's Pan's Labyrinth, right? 2007? Uh, uh, I think it was six. Oh, okay. Because I, I kept going like, that must have won the makeup. And then I all I thought was, what's the worst movie I can think of? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I just, I can't believe that happened. Can't, thank you. I'm Norbit. Kim Basinger. Where's my husband, Alec Baldwin? <laughs> I see he was in the back earlier opening that door. Uh, okay, let's go to number 12. What two films, I need both of them for credit here, what two films share the distinction of winning the supporting actor trophy with performances from non-professional actors? In both cases, the actors pulled from their real-life knowledge of the horrors of war to win the awards. Name the films. All right, Amanda, you get to do some thinking. Yeah, I definitely know one of these um, because it's one of my favorite films. So I know one of them for sure is the best, the the best years of our lives. Um, this was one of those facts I tried to memorize for this <laughs> to get ready. Um, I know it's going to come to me. I'm going to take gentleman's time, though. I won't be. I okay. I think it's um, the paper, paper, paper chase. I'm going to say the best years of our lives in Paper Chase, please. And Ryan, I have I have no no earthly clue on this. Um, um, I could throw out two two good war movies, um, that, but I'll be wrong. But but let's just go with uh, uh, Saving Private Ryan and Flags of Our Fathers. And over to Sean. So the first one I thought of was The Killing Fields which is Dr. Highness Gore. I can't pronounce the name well, but Neil, you're not a Simpsons fan. Homer Simpson steals his Oscar and crosses out Dr. Highness the Gore and writes in his own name. Oh, so it's funny. a pretty perfect Simpsons moment. Uh, and the other one, actually, Amanda solidified for me because I was thinking Best Years of Our Lives. Was it Harold Russell was his name? And yeah, it was Best Years of Our Lives. So I'm going to go with that. They are from 1946, Harold Russell for the best years of our lives. And from 1984, Highness Nor for the Killing Fields. So well done. Um, Harold Russell, the only person to win two Oscars for the same performance because they gave him an honorary Oscar for his performance because uh, they didn't expect him to win. And he did. Uh, the scene where he teaches his girlfriend how to take his hooks on and off just destroys me every time. It's a uh, Wilder, right? William Wyler, who is so underrated. Um, oh, yeah. People just best, don't yeah. remember him because he wasn't flashy. Um, so, yes, uh, the best years of our lives in the killing fields. On to number 13, something much more lighthearted. When Whoopi Goldberg introduced herself at the 1998 ceremony dressed as Elizabeth I, 
She called herself what? The what in question is the name of a boat from a Best Actor winning film. I always remember her coming out in all of the the costumes that were nominated. That was so cool. I mean, okay, boats boats from a film that won Best Actor. I mean, what are famous film boats? There's the Orca, of course, Titanic, but that didn't win Best Actor. Uh, gosh. Um, did Gene Hackman win for the Poseidon Adventure? Poor Shelley Winters. Absolute... <laughs> uh, if only she had come out upside down on her head, then I would have known it was Poseidon. Um, uh, sugar. I, I'm sorry. I don't have any idea. I'm just going to tap. I hate doing that. I'll just say Titanic. All right. You guess I'm Titanic. Over to Ryan. So I think this is uh, African Queen. And Sean. So I was about 11. I thought this was hilarious. She introduced herself as full Queen Elizabeth as the African Queen. And then said, actually, I'm the Virgin Queen. And it got a bigger laugh. So they're really two-parter. Yeah, in in full Elizabeth powdered white face, she said, "I am the African Queen." Uh, so, African the African Queen is correct, of course, getting Best Actor for Humphrey Bogart in 1951 for what he shouldn't have won, but everyone was like, "Hey, he's probably going to die soon. Let's give him an award." And that's what Which happened. A lot. Oh God, yeah. Uh, number fourteen. What country has won more international feature film Oscars than any other, with 14? Their most recent nominee and win was 2013's The Great Beauty. Ryan probably knows my favorite film from this country that won, or could have a good guess. I have no idea of any films from Turkmenistan. It was experimental. (laughs) I'm going to lock in with a guess. All right, Ryan, do some thanking. Do some thanking. Um, just because of the history of the Academy, I feel like it's a European country. He's um, saying they're white. I'm saying they're white. <laughs> and um, and then I'm thinking about um, some really great um, filmmakers like Fellini and the sorts. Um, I, my guess is Italy. And Sean? I figured it was something in Europe. I went Germany, but that was a total guess. In Germany and Amanda. Italy. The correct answer is Italy. With 14, I think France is second with 12. Um, but when they first started giving out the awards in the 40s, I think of the first like five or six they gave, three of them went to Italy. Uh, they liked uh, Vittorio yeah. De Sica and all your neorealist stuff like uh, Shoeshine. Yeah, my favorite is Cinema Paradiso. Oh, the, the, the kissing compilation in that is just so sweet and revolutionary for the, the film's plot. I love it. Um, yeah, my so favorite Italian film. That's a really hard question. Um, oh, that is that is much harder. I was just saying my favorite that has won because you could go all day with favorite. Oh, uh, yeah. I thought we were just talking Italian films in general. Oh, my God. Me too. Right, guys? Yeah. Italian films. Like, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> a, good, a good way to remember uh, why Italy has the most, if you're at trivia, is just think about what type of film Martin Scorsese talks about all the time. And then that'll oh get you to your answer of Italy. <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong at all. No. I mean, it's, it's a drinking yeah. game. If anytime he says the bicycle thieves, then uh, you can drink, which is you'll be drunk very quickly. It's it's a it's a it's like I really do like that movie, but it's not 
my fave. Um, all right, uh, number fifteen in twenty sixteen. Kevin O'Connell finally won his first Oscar after 20 nominations for his work on Hacksaw Ridge. In what category was this? I feel like it's it's one of the more obscure uh, categories, or at least not one of the uh, featured categories, obviously. I'm going to say it's sound editing. Sound editing. And Sean? I figure it's a war movie. I went visual effects. Visual effects and Amanda. Yeah, I th- I stayed in the sound world too. Um, so uh, I said sound mixing. The correct answer here. He's probably the only person from this category who will ever get a standing ovation, which he did get when he won. It is sound mixing. So Amanda does get a point there. Um, where does that leave us? Neil E. Fisher. So this entire game, you were all very close together. uh, And it looks like uh, Ryan with six points, Amanda with eight points, and edging out the win, Sean with 10 points. So very well done to all of you. Well done. Well done, guys. Very nice and a a very well-written game, Ryan. Thank you. Well, thank you. Great job, Ryan. That That was tough. I I uh I just write questions about Oscars. If, if you're gonna win the Oscar tournament, you got to know about sound mixing and dumb. <laughs> um, I so was well telling done. Ryan um, the way his questions were worded. Uh, you know, you can you could fall into the trap of going the easy ones, um, which you know a lot of board games will have. But uh, this kind of really covered all aspects of the Oscars. So thank you, Ryan. I tried to get questions about the ceremony, you know, urban legendy type stuff, factual stuff, records, everything. I just try to it's it's the, the way I write any trivia set, especially like, you know, with the shows I host during the week. If you're going to win, you got to know a little bit of everything, which as a person who mostly well knows pop culture, it's devastating. I could never win one of my own shows, I swear. Uh, <laughs> now, that's an interesting fact. OK, no, I could do <laughs> fine, I'm sure. But um, <laughs> just pop culture is my wheelhouse. <laughs> Now I feel like we should have a special episode in the future where we just take all of Ryan's episodes and anytime just mix up his questions and ask them back to him and see what happens. It's, you know what? That's it put me. There's a reason I host and write Bloodsport and don't participate. I was going to say, yeah, that's a good idea, Amanda. We could uh, we could take all of his questions, put like a, a year minimum, but then reshuffle them all and see what happens. I couldn't answer any question that I've ever had on our show, and it's in one ear out the other, so um, I wouldn't know. Um, well, I think uh, if we'll, we'll see how Thursday goes. And Amanda, you might be back for the final. So keep your Thursday night free because you did very well. Are you asking me out, Ryan? Don't, don't make me do it in front of everyone. I'm I'm embarrassed. Okay. Me and Chris Evans will be waiting for you. Oh, my gosh. Where is your Facebook so I can just get... <laughs> She's calling her shot. Um, all right. Well, thank you to Ryan first. Um, great score. Those are some of those were very hard questions. Uh, it was any, a tough set. Um, it was a tough set. Any any shout outs, uh, Ryan? Before we let you go. Um, you know what? Let, no shout outs tonight. But just again, a thank you for for having me on. Uh, thanks again to Ryan for for writing a, a tough but but fun game. Um, and and to Sean and Amanda, um, it was very nice playing against you both. Congratulations! Nice to. I hope I hear both of you in the finals. 
And thank you for joining us, Ryan. Uh, Amanda, um, there is a possibility, as Ryan said, that you could be back uh, for the finals. But until then, any shout outs from you? Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for asking me to be here. I love Oscar trivia. I was very humbled today. Thank you, gentlemen, for playing with me, Ryan, for an amazing game, uh, for hosting, Neil. I, I just, if, if I'm lucky enough to come back on Thursday, I'm going to go pump some iron at the gym and, and, and try to see if I can get a lot more of Ryan. I'm going to try to get into Ryan's mind. That's not a place you want to go. Uh, well, thank you, Amanda. And uh, Sean, you came out victorious today with 10 points, bringing you into the final. Uh, any shout outs or uh, final uh, final messages from you? Uh, great game, guys. I am petrified for Thursday because I feel like I squeaked that one through. So that's going to be brutal. Uh, you know, really well done. A huge shout out to my regular team, Turn Down for What. I'm going to go downstairs after this and jump out of Trivia Workshop and go uh, play Uncle Russ. So not to you know, mix hosts, but it's a long night of trivia and I got to get my brain rested for Thursday. So wish me luck. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> I um, hope you dominate tonight. And uh, just a very quick message. Just thank you to uh, all of you for being Patreon supporters. If you'd like to join them and helping support the show to make these kind of bonus episodes possible to bring uh, the big hitters and Ryan Myers over here, um, then, uh, you know, feel free to go to patreon.com slash triviality podcasts. And uh, Ryan, thank you so much again for hosting today. I'm looking forward to our next episode and I'm sure you're even going to bring harder questions. I have no idea. That's a good question. I was glad to be here and I'm happy to have a couple more episodes uh, hanging with you all. And uh, a quick message, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Jennifer Yee McDevitt, uh, I helped produce a documentary that she directed called 10 Mountains, 10 Years that we're really proud of. I shot some material for it as well. Um, it was narrated by Anne Hathaway, and we featured some music uh, by Bruce Springsteen, but I'm super proud of her. Her uh, film that she uh, has some additional written material for, Over the Moon, is an animated film nominated for an Oscar this year. So good luck, Jennifer. I hope you win. Ah, and- me too. <laughs> Uh, And thank you, everyone, uh, for joining us. And we will see you next week for episode two of our Oscars bonus tournament. My name is Neil, and that was Triviality. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts.